Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have awesome news for you. Bet Online, they're our partners, and they continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball and more, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. It's truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. And all you have to do is head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get your rewards. Again, you've got live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline.ag. Get there. It's where the game starts. You know, folks, here at the ML Sports Platter, we pride ourselves on talking about a little bit of everything in the sports world. There may be off-seasons for your favorite leagues and teams, but hey, there's no downtime, right? Free agent signings, coaching changes, draft picks, and more mean there are always stories to tell. In fact, I learned so much about sports reporting and storytelling during my time at St. Bonaventure University, including how to find the most interesting stories. SBU has that long-standing reputation for training future journalists like myself, Adrian Wojnarowski, Donna DeToda, and Mike Vaccaro. This reputation continues with its online Master of Arts in sports journalism. This entirely online degree option, it builds podcasting, interviewing, and research skills needed in a changing media landscape, and students learn how to follow high professional standards as they tell nuanced stories about the sports we love. You don't need to have any writing or broadcasting experience to start this program. Just a passion for the profession. SBU doesn't require an application fee or GRE or GMAT score. It makes it easier to apply. Students complete this program in less than two years. And while you do that, you get the experience and important lessons in sports journalism from faculty and accomplished alumni. Hey, contact an enrollment advisor today at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com to learn more about St. Bonaventure's sports journalism program. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you, brought to you by Burn Dairy, Stanley Law Offices, Welch & Company Jewelers, and our great friends at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Log on today to vcgtransforms.com. Become a better leader both personally and professionally. Simple, simple, simple question. What's next for the Buffalo Bills, right? A very disappointing season. And let me first say this, okay? I understand that they went through a lot. I understand that things got bigger and more important than football by a million miles with DeMar Hamlin, okay? I do. I know all that. I know that all that stuff can affect you, um, you know, going all the way back to the top shooting and, and a winter storm that made Buffalo play two games in Detroit in five days and three overall in, what, 12 days. Um, you know, they, they had to deal with, uh, there was a house fire that killed five young kids, which was heartbreaking to hear about. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, John Murphy, play-by-play man, had a stroke. Um, you know, Von Miller out for the year. Micah Hyde out for the year. Dane Jackson carted off, you know, uh, on that Monday night game in Tennessee. There were a lot of things going on. Kim Pagula's sickness. Uh, Josh Allen's elbow. I, I mean, there were a lot of things going on. Dawson Knox's brother. Uh, I, I realize that those were all very, very difficult things and adversity and all that. But from a football standpoint, which is what this show here is about, the Buffalo Bills obviously fell short, right? I mean, they did. There's just no other way to say it. And they had, I mean, look, 
you're playing really, really, really good teams, of course, um, in, in the postseason. And in the case of the Bills, you know, you, <laughs> you're playing the two teams that you're trying still to chase. I mean, everybody thought maybe the Bills would leapfrog you know, uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs this year, but it didn't happen. And, you know, the Bills have lost now in three straight years. They've lost to both of those teams. You know, they've lost to the Chiefs twice and they've lost to the Bengals, right? And it's unfortunate because this year, even though you're playing the Bengals and they're really, really, well, they're an elite team as far as this year goes and last year, they're an elite team. I mean, they're they're finishing in the final four this year, no matter what, and, find, you know, finish in the final two Last year, losing the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I realize you're playing, you know, elite teams at this particular point of the year. Uh, certainly uh, in the conference championship games and and then in the Super Bowl, um, you know, before that is divisional playoff. But I think the writing was on the wall at Cincinnati probably, you know, from week like 10 or 11 on, they were really catching fire. And, uh, you know, that's why you don't lose your mind in the beginning of the year. They, they were struggling. Their offensive line was kind of, you know, put together with Band-Aids. And here they are playing, you know, uh, playing deep into the postseason, right? Um, so uh, that's where that's where we are. Um, the Bills are chasing the Bengals. The Bills are chasing the Chiefs. So um, you know, and and again, like I said, great to elite teams. This this time of year is, is who you're playing. So you can lose no matter what. But the Bills didn't show up. That was the problem. They just didn't show up, um, you know, in this game. And you kind of have to look at. You know the 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 coaching. Um, I think that they're all going to be back. Uh, McDermott clearly isn't going anywhere. Uh, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator, he continues to not really get a lot of looks as a head coach. Uh, Matt Perino, who I really enjoy covering the Buffalo Bills, mentioned, you know, oh, he's got to get. He's it's, it's a crime. It's a it's not a crime. Um, it, it, this particular situation isn't about race. Leslie Frazier is not a good head coach. <laughs> he's not a good head coach. You know, for Matt and all the other people who think that all these guys should be getting a million interviews, uh, why? The the proof has been in the pudding that Leslie Frazier is one of those guys. He's in a special compartment with the Rex Ryans and Mike Malarkey's and Dick Jerons and Jim Schwartz's and all these guys. They are not equipped to handle the CEO portion of an NFL football team. And that CEO, you know, position translates into the words head coach, okay? It's just how it is. They aren't equipped to do it. And I'm starting to wonder how far Sean McDermott can really take this team as a head coach. Um, The coaching for the second straight year failed the Bills tremendously. This is a team that didn't even show up in the game. They had eight penalties for 60 yards compared to the Bengals, you know, that had two for nine. Uh, they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They were outcoached, outplayed, outmanned, out everything. Uh, was it just a point where the Bills hit their breaking point and with all the emotion flooded on them this year that they were going to hit a wall at some point? I, I don't know. Uh, the head coaching was terrible against the Bengals. I mean, Sean McDermott, I don't understand when you can't stop the Bengals at all, what is the harm in going for it on 4th and 9 or 10 from the Bengals 41? You're already in their territory and you can't stop them anyway. And then later in the game, it was fourth and two. You know, you have a 6'5", 245, 50-pound quarterback. And you're basically telling him that, you know, you, you can't go out and get the first down. Seems to me that those two uh, situations, plus, I mean, Sean McDermott holding all the timeouts in the first half, like for what? 
You know, I'm not saying you burn them all in the first, you know, 30 seconds of the game here, but use them. You know, they're like vacation days at some point. You know, in the first half, that that half is getting late. Don't don't you? I mean, don't you want to use a timeout somewhere, anywhere? Especially if you had a fourth down and long that maybe you go for it and you kind of call a timeout and reset and get the best play possible ready to go. Amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Game managing, all that stuff. Uh, he is a completely different coach in the playoffs than he is regular season. That's just a fact. Um, you know, so what's next for this team? I, I mean, I think that they're going to be good enough, whether as I record this, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers or not, or, you know, the AFC East teams continue to get better, which I, I think that they will. Uh, I think New England's going to get better because they just hired Bill O'Brien. And, and I think that, you know, they're going to have to, you know, they need to have a really great draft. Obviously, they have some free agent question marks, Jacoby Myers and others. Uh, I love Jacoby Myers in a Bills uniform. Um, but the Bills, this is where we're at. The Allen money kicks in, okay? And his cap hit is almost $40 million. Between base salary, signing bonus, bonus uh, option bonus, workout bonus, you're looking at a almost 40, it's $39 million. $772,281. So he will not have problems paying the light bills in the future. They've got $20 million plus coming to Stephon Diggs on the cap next year. They have 18 plus to Von Miller. They have 16 plus to Trey White. 14 plus to Deion Dawkins. 12 plus to Matt Milano. 11 plus to Mitch Morse. Ed Oliver, 10 plus. Micah Hyde, 10 plus, and he's going to be coming back from that injury. Taron Johnson, 9 plus, right? Remember that recent contract that Brandon Bean gave him? A lot of that big money kicks in for him, too. Daquan Jones, 8-plus. You know, again, assuming that everybody's healthy, ready to go, this and that, you know. Uh, Dawson Knox, 6-million-plus. Tim Settle, 4-plus million, almost 5, actually. Ryan Bates, almost 5 million. Naheem Hines, almost 5 million. There's a lot of guys on the books right now. I mean, even Kyrie Elam in the rookie contract, he's over $3 million. Greg Rousseau, over $3 million. You know, you have very few guys who are making around a million to 1.678-ish on this roster. Um, you know, so the Bills, they, they have some major, obviously, question marks. And right now, it looks as though Buffalo... Buffalo's one of 12 teams to be projected over the cap. Um, you know, it's a $225 million hard cap for 2023. Uh, the Bills are projected about $4.7 million over that number. Now, obviously, you can cut people, free up money, this and that. But when you look at the overall roster for the Bills, you know, people want to play, you know, Monday morning GM right away. And, you know, how do you fix it? Who do you fire? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't think that there needs to be a firing necessarily of any of the coaches. I think that they, even though the Bills are going to run it back and I don't expect them to get any better next year, um, I do think that all of the coaches together, this group, deserves another year to just just based on how things work right like I don't think Sean McDermott's going to be any better in the playoffs but maybe because you have number 17 and maybe because of what Brandon Bean does in the front office and maybe because of you know certain players you bring in maybe that changes the element and they can hide some of Sean McDermott's flaws I don't know Leslie Frazier will be the same you know defensive coordinator 
Ken Dorsey only had one year. Um, he was he was really good at times, and he was absolutely dreadful at others. Obviously, I hate the rule that you're able to go interview for jobs while you still have one at hand and you're in the postseason. I can't stand that. That was what Dorsey did. Did it impact his decisions and calling in, in the game against Cincy? I don't know. But the Bills need to find more physicality, more toughness. They need to find still find that game breaker on offense. I don't know who that's going to be. Obviously, I don't know what the price is going to be. Uh, but look, Saquon Barkley is out there. He had an amazing year for the Giants. He's probably going to command too much money. Um, you know, is James Cook a guy you can just hand the keys to the kingdom over and say, hey, we liked enough of what you know you gave us. We're going to coach you up, and we're going to have you be the number one running back because Devin Singletary's number is too big. Um, there are a lot of different things to look at with this Bills team. I'm going to go in you know, no particular order here because uh, I think that they're all really, really important. But the two things that I think stand above everything else is, number one, you've got to figure out your offensive line. Because Josh Allen, you could see his elbows were bloodied, bloodied and battered and all the rest. He needs to stop taking so many hits and stop trying to be hero Josh. Um, and sometimes he does that because he doesn't have any other choice. The Buffalo Bills have not surrounded him enough. I know that many people, you know, the narrative the last couple of years was, oh, come on, you know, they drafted Gabe Davis and they traded for Stephon Diggs and they gave Dawson Knox the money and they have the bookend tackle at Deion Dawkins and that. But there's still a lot of layers that aren't there. And the Bills have got to figure out a way to protect him better. They need to find more depth in the offensive line. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe this upcoming year is the year where you find out if Spencer Brown, Ryan Bates, you know, are longtime Bills, right? If they do not perform this year, if they take another step back, it's probably time to say goodbye and just revamp the whole thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you got to revamp the whole offensive line, after this year, among all the other problems with the salary cap and the competition and the Burrow Mahomes era, you know, the Buffalo Bills may never win a Super Bowl. They may never win a Super Bowl with this group, really. Um, I'm convinced that they won't because I'm a Bills fan. I'm a Sabres fan. I'm, I'm a Buffalo sports fan. Okay. My heart's already been shattered in, in a million pieces, right? I mean, it's like expect the worst, hope for the best. I mean, that's where we're at. That, that's where we're at with Buffalo sports. I mean, it really is. 13 seconds, you thought it couldn't get worse, and they don't show up in the playoff game. This year against Cincinnati, I mean, you just expect the worst, hope for the best. It's, it's, I mean, it's that simple. It's that simple. But they've got to figure out the offensive line. They have to. And, you know, Deion Dawkins even took a step back this year. Well, if he's doing that, you're in deep trouble, right? Deep, deep trouble. They're not deep. They're not as versatile as we thought. Roger Saffold was an absolute bust this year. Um, you know, we'll see if he, he comes back. I mean, he's 34 years old. Uh, do you move on from him? But who are you going to move on with? I don't know. Do you go pluck somebody in the market? Do you get somebody in the draft who's you know day one ready? That doesn't happen often uh, at that at that position. Left guard. Um, I would run it back with you know I, again Questenberry. No thanks. He was terrible. You know we haven't seen consistency and health out of guys like Ike Bucker, Greg Van Roten, um, you know Tommy Doyle, Bobby Hart, those kind of guys. The big guys for this team. It's Mitch Morse at center, it's Deion Dawkins at left tackle, and it's Spencer Brown, it's, um, excuse me, it's Mitch Morse at center, and it's it's Deion Dawkins at left tackle, and then Ryan Bates, you know, at right guard. What do you do with the other guard spot, and what do you do with Spencer Brown? I'm willing to give Spencer Brown another chance. He's only been in the league for, you know, this is what, his third year. 
maybe you run it back here with Brown and Bates and Morse and Dawkins, and then you got to figure out that left guard position, you know, whether you go in the draft or not, or you, you count on an Ike Bucker, somebody like that, but they have got to shore up that offensive line. There's no other way to say it. They got to pluck a wide receiver in the draft. Uh, I don't expect Cole Beasley to be back. You know, they tried to bring the band back with John Brown and Cole Beasley and others. And, you know, I just don't think that it's, uh, I, I don't really think that it's uh, a priority, you know, so to speak, to, you know, count on, um, you know, Beasley and Brown anymore at this particular point. Maybe they bring Cole back from, you know, the beginning of the season and say, okay, you know, you want to have your last dance with us. Uh, the slot position was a bad thing uh, last year. Crowder got hurt. McKenzie regressed. Uh, really wasn't featured, I, I think, the way a lot of Bills fans thought he would be. Cole Beasley, you know, can he still provide something? He can. Is he that much of a difference maker? Probably not. They brought him back. I don't know if it was a chemistry thing, a rep thing, um, a Josh Allen thing, not dumping it to him when the defense gave him what they gave him. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it was probably a mix of all those things. Play calling, you know, I don't expect to see him back. I don't think he's a game breaker. Would I take him back? I, I, I probably would. I probably would, but again, Cole Beasley is not going to be a complete and utter game changer in 2023. The Bills need a game changer. The Bills need a speed guy. I'm I'm not saying you can pluck a Tyreek Hill from the trees, but they tried to get Naheem Hines, you know, and, and they didn't even really work him into the offense. It was puzzling to me. I thought he could have been involved in this in the slot position. He wasn't. Um, you know, returning kicks and punts, fine. You know, he had those two great ones against New England. Um you know, he can be effective in that role. Um, but, you know, do you implement him more into the offense next year? Do you just say, hey, we're going to force feed some of these guys to get them the football so that we can utilize the game-breaking situation, right? Maybe Hines isn't a game-breaker from the slot position, but you got to try and you got to get the play calling, you know, in the right spots to get these guys the football to find out what you really have. And, you know, Naheem Hines, Cole Beasley, uh, you know, do they give Crowder another shot after the injury? These are all question marks that you have to ask. They tried James Cook, of course, to be, hey, maybe he's our, our guy who, who's that game breaker. I, I don't know, but they've got to do something. They need another weapon. They've got to help Josh Allen. Uh, I'm not going to give up on Gabe Davis. I know a lot of Bills fans want to give up on him. I'm not going to give up on him. I know everybody thought that he was going to be the breakout number two guy. Definitely needs to turn into that, right? I mean, for as important as a number one is, a number two is 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 vital, in an offense, I mean, you look at all the guys around the NFL, the elite quarterbacks, they've got multiple, multiple wide receivers. You know, you, you've got arguably three elite number ones with the Bengals. I mean, Higgins and Boyd are that good. And Jamar Chase is obviously in another universe. Um, you've got multiple weapons, you know, multiple places to be. Gabe Davis was supposed to be a little bit more of a breakout player this year. I understand that. But if you take the whole year, he still had 836 yards and seven touchdowns, and he averaged 17.4 a catch. He didn't have an awful year statistically. He got hurt. The ankle was bothering him. It took him a while to get going. He was inconsistent. He caught on at the end. He had some great games in the end. I mean, he really did. Uh, as far as route running and all the rest, you know, he had a 113-yard game against the Dolphins in the playoffs. That was probably his best game of the year. Um, but listen... Gabe Davis is still young. He's 23 years old. He was in the 2020 draft. Let's give him another chance here 
and a healthy chance at that. So I'm not going to give up on Gabe Davis, but the offensive line needs work and a lot of it, and they've got to find another weapon for Josh Allen or two. Defensively, I think you need a defensive philosophy change. I do. I'm sick and tired of watching the Sean McDermott defenses give up six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards right at a crack. I'm tired of it. Um, you know, the 13-second thing, Chiefs had Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and Vienemy and Reed and two timeouts. And oh, the Bills just said, oh, we'll go to a prevent defense along the the the, the sidelines. You know, we'll we'll just go with the prevent. And we'll give them all the space they need. Well, <laughs> two passes later, two timeouts later. A field goal later, you're going to overtime, and Bills fans wanted to cry about the overtime rule. Try stopping somebody. How about that? You know, how about that? There wasn't there. What was the excuse this year after the Bengals game? Anybody want to make an excuse? You're going to use the overtime playoff rule this time around when they just got drubbed? You know, 13 seconds, two timeouts with all those guys, future Hall of Famers across the board, and you're going to give them those cushion plays? Ridiculous. And they gave the Bengals a lot too. I mean, it seemed like right when the hike happened, you know, there were six, seven yards given to guys, Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins and everybody in between. I mean, uh, and, and a lot of that is because of the system they play. They play in a cover, you know, they play the two high safeties, you know, just listen to Tony Romo. He'll tell you 400 times a game, Jim, 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 the two high safeties, Jim, take away the big play, Jim. You know, the bills need to, to, you know, mix in a little bit of man to man, you know, with that zone. They do. And I think that's where it starts, you know, and I know that that is the McDermott Frazier defensive way, but if you're good enough at coaching defense, and I'm not saying get rid of that scheme and that philosophy all the way, but I'm saying change some things up a little bit more, right? Don't be Jim Beheim in the 2-3 zone when the team's nailing 10 threes a night, right? And I'm not saying that happens every night, but on the nights it does, you have to adjust your chess piece. You know, sports are about adjustments and different nights. And, you know, you've got different games. You have different coaches, players, venues, uh, different times, time zones, you know, that you play in. Uh, <clears throat> every game kind of takes on a story of its own, the same as in the NFL, same as in all sports. They need to mix in more defensive philosophy to stop giving up easy plays, which then do lead to the big play, right? So that's number one. Number two is they still need work on the on the, on the, on the uh, 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 defensive line. They need more. They need work. Now, listen, Boogie Basham, he had splashes. I'm not going to give up on him. AJ Epinesa, splashes. I'm not giving up on him yet. I'm not. This is going to be a crucial year in the Buffalo Bills franchise because they have got to make decisions on guys. You know, Greg Rousseau had splashes. They were counting on him to fill in, you know, for at least a little bit for the Von Miller injury. He ain't Von Miller. Nobody's Von Miller, right? Nobody's Von Miller. Yeah. Von Miller would have helped him in the postseason. There's no doubt. Tours ACL late in the year. Who knows when he's going to be back? I don't expect Von Miller back until, you know, way late in the season. Okay. People need to step up. Ed Oliver was a no show. The Bengals game. He had a lot of good plays this year, though, but, you know, his contract's going to be coming up here. He's been in the league four years now. You have a lot of number one, you know, first round, second round picks on that D line. You know, you've got Shaq Lawson. You've got, you know, Ed Oliver. You have, Gregory Rousseau, you know, you, you've got, you got, well, Basham, Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Epinesa was a second rounder as well. I mean, there's a lot of first and second round talent on that defensive line. 
you know, for 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 having first and second round talent on that offensive line, you need to get more pressure to the quarterback. You know, Shaq Lawson was a round one pick by the Bills in 2016. So you got round oneers, you got round twoers all over the place. Got to have more pressure. You do. And I think you got to go add people as well. Um, you know, they got to figure that out. Um, obviously, you know, Jordan Phillips. He was a second round draft pick by the Dolphins. So there's another second rounder. A lot of first and second round guys on this team, man, up front. Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, right? Jordan Phillips. A lot of guys. They got to get more. They need something else. I'm not going to give up on that group because I still think that they're early enough in their in their tenure in the NFL. I mean, listen, we see guys develop way, way, way late sometimes. Sometimes guys go through an early injury in their career and it takes them two, three, four years. Okay. But this upcoming year is the year to like figure out what are we doing here with the D-line, right? What are we doing? Epinesa is going to be going into year four. Shaq Lawson into year eight. Boogie Basham into year three, right? Jordan Phillips into year nine. Ed Oliver into year five. I mean, you got to figure this out. <laughs> you do. Um, I think you have. I think the linebacker position, um, again, Tremaine Edmonds being a free agent, I think you have to do everything and anything you can to bring him back. He had an amazing year. He had a career year. He was great with Matt Milano. Got to figure out everything, you know, a way to, to bring him back. Um, you know, and, and then I think even if you do bring him back, you probably have to add somebody for depth or you got to develop, you know, one of these other guys. I mean, is Tyrell Dodson a guy you can count on? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, Terrell Bernard out of Baylor, the rookie. I mean, can, can they find a way to get somebody else in there? Um, you know, maybe go into the draft and get and get another linebacker for, for that depth. If Tremaine Edmonds isn't there, they're, they got to figure out something there. Uh, I have no idea. That is a huge hole. Tremaine Edmonds also, along with Matt Milano, they may, you know, they cover a lot of the mistakes in that defensive philosophy, you know, because they're such great tacklers. They're great against the run. They're awesome blitzers. Uh, they stop at the point of attack. They fill gaps and lanes, you know, before they get deep sometimes and, and, and make those tackles and make those plays. Um, you know, they cover up a lot of that, you know, nonsense in, in, in the high, in the too high safety zone. You know, it's, it's such an open zone, but they close a lot of it. Those two guys, um, you know, as far as the secondary goes, the secondary is a major weakness going into next year. You know, Trey White is not close to what he used to be. Kyrie Elam was supposed to be a lot more effective this year. He was supposed to be a day one starter and a guy you could count on on the other side. Dane Jackson had a roller coaster year. Uh, you're good to go in, in, in the slot with Taron Johnson. He's, he's a monster. Um, but you know, you've got to have, and again, I'm not giving up on Dane and I'm not giving up on Kyrie Elam. I'm not, it's too early in their tenure in the NFL, but Dane Jackson's going into year four, Kyrie Elam into year two, Christian Benford got hurt this year. You know, McDermott noted that he's probably going to move him to safety. I think that's probably the right move. Um, but then you got problems at the safety position, right? Cause Jordan Poyer's a free agent. Micah Hyde is coming off that neck injury. He would have been ready to go in the AFC title game, but they lost in the divisional playoff game. So Micah Hyde is planning on coming back, but he's going into year 11. Is this the last final run for Micah Hyde? Either way, you got to find safeties and you got to find a corner and you got to find a linebacker. Regardless if Edmonds and Poyer are back. Um, the safety position, 
if Jordan Poyer doesn't come back, you know, is DeMar Hamlin going to play football again? We don't know. The only real sure thing that we know right now at safety is that, you know, and I know Dean Marlowe got hurt in the in the game against the Bengals. Do the Bills want to continue with him? I don't know. Is it a Dean Marlowe, Micah Hyde situation with Hyde coming off the injury? Ugh. Does DeMar Hamlin come back and play football after he basically died on a football field this year? I don't know. His health, his well-being, all that stuff is way more important than football. But if he comes back, is it DeMar Hamlin and Micah Hyde starting? If that's not it, is it Jaquan Johnson and Micah Hyde? I mean, I don't like any of these options. <laughs> I'm telling you. Jordan Poyer is going to be 32 years old. Going into his 11th year. He was banged up all year long. Great player. It's been an amazing bill. But if he's going to ask tons and tons of money, I probably don't bring him back. And that pains me to say that. Um, I remember just recently saying that Jordan Poyer, you know, what are they going to do without Poyer and Hyde? I don't want to ever reckon and see the day when, you know, well, that day's coming soon, real soon. More on what's next for the Buffalo Bills here on the ML Sports Platter next. But first, a message from Burn Dairy. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good the ml sports platter back with you brought to you by burn dairy stanley law offices ken's auto detailing and brian conboy at mass mutual new york state go get your tax efficient plan today with brian conboy at advisors.massmutual.com so in review the bills need to find an offensive weapon or two more for josh allen this upcoming year is going to be a decision year on a lot of guys on both sides of the football. There's no doubt about it. And the offensive line is where that is going to be so important because you've got Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse. I'm not giving up on Spencer Brown, but this is a year where you got to figure out if he's, you know, a long-term solution. You know, you've got to, you know, Ryan Bates at right guard. Okay. Four of the five positions on the O-line, I'm, I'm okay with all the guys there. Spencer Brown, eh, but you got to see him develop. I don't, I don't think Deion Dawkins will be as bad this year, uh, uh, next year as he was this year. Uh, Mitch Morse, when he's healthy, is a great player. He's an unbelievable center. He's a great team leader. Um, so, again, Deion Dawkins left tackle. Uh, 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 you, you have, you know, Mitch Morse at center. Ryan Bates, right guard. Spencer Brown, right tackle. You really got to figure out, though, this year if Spencer Brown is the long-term solution. He's going into year four. Okay, we, we need to know, like, now. And then left guard, what do you do? I mean, you got to bring somebody in. Do you use a depth piece? So you got to go into the draft and find, you know, maybe a maybe a Swiss Army knife kind, you know, kind of guy who can play both tackle and guard. And then I would draft yet another guard um, somewhere somehow. I mean, they've got to find people. Um, so shore up that offensive line. Find a weapon or two more for for Allen. You know, certainly, um, you know, James Cook. Maybe RB1, maybe you have to go find another running back because Singletary is likely gone. He's going to command between 6 and $8 million minimum. No thank you. Um, you know, and then you've got to find out, you know, on defense. And again, <laughs> I'm not giving up on these guys yet, but this year is the crucial year 
where you have to figure out what you have and, and what, what is sustainable, what's a long-term solution. You need more help up front. Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver. All these guys are round one, round two picks. Jordan Phillips, you got to figure out what you have here. This, this might be the final year of you know this collection of players. You got to figure out what you have. I think you go out and get somebody else in the draft to try to build more depth, try to build more pass rushing ability, waiting for Von Miller to come back. Uh, linebacker situation, again, Tremaine Edmonds is priority, big priority. Um, you know, you go find another linebacker in there somewhere. You're set with Milano. You're set with Taron Johnson in terms of, uh, you know, the off-ball linebacker and middle linebacker spots. Um, corner, safety, big concerns, obviously, as I alluded to earlier. Got to find out, you know, who, who's where and, and, and sustainable long-term solutions for a lot of guys as well. Um, you know, right now, it looks like you're going into the season, and I'm not saying this will stay, but it looks like you're going to go in with Jaquan Johnson and, uh, and Mike Hyde. Because I don't think the Bills are going to bring Jordan Poyer back. Um, so you got to go into the draft and maybe grab a safety, uh, a corner, you know, um, you know, maybe you go into the free agent market a little bit. You try to, you know, dip your toes in, in, in a cheap weapon for Allen. Cause again, the cap is, is becoming a problem for the bills, but those are all things, you know, that you need. I, I think you have to give these coaches this group because it was only year one for Ken Dorsey, um, you know, at the helm in terms of being offensive coordinator. Uh, I think you've got to you know, give him one more, one more ride at it here. Let him develop a little bit. Um, you know, for as good as Brian Dable was as OC, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't perfect every single game, right? Um, they really need to, you know, give, I think, but again, you're going to have to find out, you know, is this, are these the long-term guys, coaches? Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator, you know, I think Aaron Cromer, at offensive line, uh, really did not do a great job this year, but I am not going to give up on him. Again, they brought him back. Um, you know, it was kind of a different mix of players and all the rest. I think he probably deserves another year. I wouldn't fire any of these guys. Joe Brady is interviewing for jobs right now. I mean, there's a, there's a strong chance that you know he goes, um, you know, he goes somewhere. Um, I think that. You know, the work that he did as QB coach was was decent. But if he gets another job, you know, I think that's a, a spot you can find people, you know, Davis Webb, et cetera. Um, you know, the Chad Halls and, you know, all these other guys. Um, you know, Eric Washington, again, defensive line was was <laughs> suspect at best when it mattered most. But again, I'm not really ready to give up on him. But all these coaches, you know, maybe this is the final ride and the final dance, right, for all of them. McDermott on down, you know, the seat's going to be really hot for these guys this coming year. And I asked, is Sean McDermott a different coach in 13 seconds? The answer is no. You know, I don't think Brandon Bean would fire him after next year, even. I mean, they're buddies. They're kind of working hand in hand here, but McDermott, his seat's a little bit warmer going into next year. I'm sorry, because what they've done, and trust me, he's done a lot of good things in Buffalo. They broke the drought. They have multiple division championships. They've gone to the postseason, what, five or six years? They've had amazing drafts to a degree. Uh, we've seen some of those draft picks, you know, really shine, really develop, really pan out, and then we're kind of waiting for others. Um, Leslie Frazier on defense. Again, I think a lot of it is more about the philosophy of the defense than it is Leslie Frazier. You know, Ken Dorsey, year two, is OC, okay. You know, Matthew Smiley, special teams coordinator, right? I thought he actually had a pretty good year. 
Um, Bill's special teams got better as the year went on. Um, but, you know, this whole group, <clears throat> you know, bring them all back, give them another chance. Sure, I'm all in on it. But until, you know, a philosophy changes on defense and a philosophy changes, you know, in the playoffs, you know, I, I don't feel confident that this team is good enough to beat the Bengals and the Chiefs. I'm not. Um, Player-wise, can they stack up? Yeah, they're probably a little short there too. You know, they're a little short in every area. Sean McDermott is a really good regular season coach. He's a poor playoff coach, right? He can get you so far and then he's not Andy Reid. Gets you so far and then he's not fill in the blank. He's not Sean McVay. He's not Zach Taylor, right? He's not Nick Sirianni. He's not fill in the blank. Leslie Frazier, same thing. He's not Lou Anaromo, right? He's just not. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's not. Um, you know, Steve Spagnolo, right? These kind of guys. Um, I just, Lou Anarumo always pronounce his name a couple different ways. Um, so here we are. That's what's next for the Bills. You've got number 17. You've got some core pieces. You have a great wide receiver, number one, and Stefan Diggs. You've got certain guys locked up, but, but a lot of holes to fill, a lot of questions to answer. And again, with this coaching staff, I question a lot of it. I do. But I'm not quite at give-up time, especially for a lot of the assistants. And I feel the same way about some of the players. But because of all that, this year is the year where you have to find out who's there long-term, who's sustainable, and what's the best avenue in all these places to win a championship. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's an ML Sports Platter edition. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and follow my YouTube page. Subscribe there, Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by our great friends over at Camillus Golf Club. Go get your 2023 membership to Camillus today. Camillus Golf Club, 18 holes of championship golf. It's a great place to be. Food and drink is great before, during, and after you're round, and you can book your tournament there as well. It's all at Camillus Golf Club. CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. That's CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to Rosie's Corner, Bertinay's Hardware, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and Jam and & Beats. If you need a DJ for that special event, make sure you visit them online at CNYJB.com. If you're in and around Central New York, private parties, weddings, and a heck of a lot more. Jam & Beats is the official DJ service of the ML Sports Platter. Again, thanks for listening. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. <laughs>
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.